a couple more true freshmen who are starting to earn a lot of praise at Miami Hurricanes fall camp on offense. Mark Fletcher on defense, Ruben Hurricane Bain. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Now, if there's one true freshman that I can guarantee you will have a monumental impact on the season, that's Francis Maui Noah, the probable starter at right tackle, five-star out of IMG Academy. He's an absolute freak, okay? We could talk about Maui Noah all day. I can, and I have, okay? Uh, But outside of Francis, probably the next two that are really turning heads, and they got a lot of praise from their coaches over the weekend because the coordinator spoke on Saturday. Shannon Dawson, the OC, Lance Guidry, the DC. Let's start with Mark Fletcher, true freshman running back out of American Heritage. Fletcher is going to make an impact this year as a true freshman. The question is how high on the depth chart is he going to end up? So Dawson, the offensive coordinator, he was asked about Fletcher on Saturday. Coach can't even hide his smile when he talks about Fletch. So on the mental side of it, Fletcher is, he's going to be a great one. He's a self-professed student of the game. Uh, He takes a lot of pride in his leadership on the field, even as a young guy. And then on the physical side of it, Fletcher is already, you know, you've got second, third, fourth year, fifth year guys on the roster at running back. And Fletcher, as a true freshman, is already the most physically imposing at six foot one, 225 pounds plus. We got this question on our subtext community by Hawktime Hurricane. Hawktime Hurricane says, Hey, how is Mark Fletcher acclimating so far? So Shannon Dawson was asked this question on Saturday after practice on, you know, how Fletcher is adjusting coming from high school. Dawson says with a smile that he's adjusted quite well and that, quote, this kid is talented. Okay, now, David Lake from inside the U noted that Fletcher, he's been working as the third team running back so far in practices. But, you know, the interesting thing about Miami's running back core is. You know, you could argue even five deep, but they're at least four deep, right? I We'll see how quickly Chris Johnson, the other true freshman who has something working for him, and that's elite track speed. But we'll see how quickly Johnson acclimates. He doesn't have the physical gifts that Fletcher possesses. But, you know, the experienced running backs who Fletcher is competing with for playing time, Henry Parrish, who's, you know, wise, very well-rounded back. But, you know, Fletcher's got a lot more physical upside. Don Chaney, who's got physical upside through the roof, got to see him stay healthy. A.J. Allen, who I like a lot, who transferred in uh, from Nebraska, I should say. And so between Allen, Fletcher, Chaney, Parrish, maybe Johnson, you're going four or five deep at running back. And I think Fletcher has a chance to earn a lot of playing time in a rotation. Yeah, I did see that Shannon Dawson described Miami's running back situation because they're so blessed on paper with talent as a running back by committee. But if you're looking for people to emerge out of that committee, I would say Fletcher is probably Miami's best option near the goal line when you look at his size and power. 
you know, you go back to Mark Fletcher in high school. And again, he went to one of the most prominent programs in South Florida, one of the most prominent programs in the country. Fletcher's high school stats were just insane. And this was an American heritage. It's not like he's in the middle of nowhere playing a bunch of stiffs. Uh, Fletcher last year, he puts up video game numbers as a senior, 1,934 rushing yards and 23 rushing touchdowns as a senior. He also had 157 receiving yards and a touchdown through the air to go with that. And if you guys were watching, what was it, the Under Armour game last year, he caught like a 70, 75-yard bomb down the field. So he can he can get open and run routes out of the backfield as well. Uh, really well-rounded guy. I'm excited for him. Uh, and then you go over to the defensive side of the football. Someone who's been earning a lot of praise this past week from his coaches is the true freshman defensive lineman, Ruben Hurricane Bain. Lance Guidry, the D.C., very excited about him. He said, I expect him to play a lot. That's a direct quote. And much of the way that Dawson smiles when he talks about Fletcher, Guidry smiles when he talks about Bain. Now, there's a little bit of a the only difference right now, you know, between their situations. Fletcher is, you know, with Fletcher, everything is just right in the here and now because Mark Fletcher was not here for the spring. He wasn't enrolled yet. Where with Reuben Bain, this is just a continuation of what we saw from a fantastic spring period for him. He had three sacks in the spring game. And then you look at Bain last year at Miami Central. Uh, that was the best high school team in the country. Reuben Bain had 29 sacks, 29 sacks as a senior, 39 tackles for loss. And in his four years in high school, he won four state championships. He's one of the most decorated high school players of all time. His versatility, because uh, he can play interior, he can play on the outside on that defensive line. He's up to 270 pounds. I think Mario Cristobal is very impressed with his size and the work he's putting in in the weight room. Where Ruben Bain is going to be so dangerous, third downs and obvious passing situations, it's going to be a lot of fun for Miami's defense because you can line up guys like Ruben Bain and Akeem Mesidor inside while putting guys like Nigel Lee Kelly and Jafari Harvey on the outside. You put the NASCAR package on the field, you pin your ears back, and you try to demolish the opposing quarterback. Uh, we got a question uh, from our guy Q Irvin. Q says, hey, if and when do you think the fan four of Fletcher, Bain, Ray Ray Joseph, and Francis Maui Noah will all start in games? Uh, you know, is that – am I just – off uh, on this one i've never heard that term i like that the fan four I i've never heard that term for those four guys but you're definitely on to something there q because when it comes to and they're not the only ones there are other true freshmen who the fans really like but fan four yeah the guys who get talked about the most francis fletcher bain ray ray uh so you know i just mentioned uh i think francis maui noah i think he's a day one starter so you can already pencil him in at right tackle um, as far as Bain, not sure if he's going to begin the season as a starter, but crazier things have happened because he's really turning heads out there. Probably going to be a rotational guy to start the year. Same thing with Ray Ray Joseph. I think Ray Ray is going to be the second man up in the slot. I still think Xavier Restrepo, who's getting, you know, the starters reps in practice in the slot. Does Ray Ray take the starting job eventually this year? Maybe, but I think to start the season, it's going to be the X-Man, uh, who's, you know, really good player. Uh, he and Tyler Van Dyke have that chemistry that we've all heard so much about. Um, let's see, who else is in that? Fletcher, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think Fletcher is going to be the day one starting running back. I think that's going to be Henry Parrish, but expect him to play a lot. 
And, uh, and yeah, so that, that's the four of them. I think rotational guys, Fletcher, Bain, Joseph, Francis, Maui, Noah, I think it's going to be a starter to begin the year. So that's the way that I look at that. Now, um, it wasn't all sunshine and roses coming out of Saturday's practice and the first week of fall camp for Miami. We'll hit you with some of the critiques on the other side that offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson and defensive coordinator Lance Guidry said about the way the team looked and the way the team is adapting. Because, again, there are things Miami has to work on. Miami's not a juggernaut, at least not yet. Here are some of the things that Miami has to work on. We will get to that and so much more when we come back on an all-new Locked on Canes. Guys, if you're a small business owner, you need to listen up because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. People will see it. I have found jobs through LinkedIn Jobs before. So when you put that hiring hashtag frame, people will find it and they will seek you out, believe me. And then from there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making locked on canes. Your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts available free on YouTube and for the everydayers. You want to take your everyday or experience to the next level. Sign up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include the link in the show description below. You get text messages directly from my phone to your phone with breaking news, practice updates. There's another practice tomorrow, Tuesday. I will be out there. I will be sending you guys updates on the subtext. You can ask me one-on-one -on -one questions on there. We answer a lot of those questions on the show. We're doing more of that today. Uh, recruiting scoops, all that good stuff. You can sign up and try it free for 14 days with the link below. And then if you like it, you can opt in and it's $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. All right. So, um, okay. Honest assessments on practice. We got one of those on the defensive side of the football from Lance Guidry, right? Um, cause okay. You look at the positives players seem to love his defense, very aggressive, a lot of press man coverage in the secondary, a lot of movement on the defensive front, um, but it's still a work in progress, guys. So coming out of Saturday's practice, now the media didn't get to watch Saturday's practice. We only got to speak to the coordinators afterwards, so they kind of described what they saw. And Lance Guidry said that Saturday, by a long shot, was not their best day in stopping the run. And he referred to run stopping as non-negotiable. So he didn't feel like they had a good day. Now, if I want to put my Sunshine and Roses hat on, I would say, well... If Miami's defense didn't have a good day stopping the run on Saturday, Miami's offense must have had an incredible time running the football. So there, you know, when you're talking about fall camp, there's usually a positive that comes out of every negative. But then at the same time, you know, um, at this time of year, I mean, we haven't even put the full pads on yet. Uh, Miami will have their first scrimmage of fall camp 
on August 12th, this Saturday, Canes Fest, which will be open to the public. So we'll get a better idea of how they look, you know, tackling, making contact. But, you know, the defense is usually way ahead of the offense this time of year. So anytime the defense has, you know, a not so good practice this early, you say, eh, that's not ideal. You got to work on that run stopping. And not to mention, Run stopping, that's one of those things that the fan base is always obsessed with, right? Miami was terrible against the run last year. Got a lot of good pass rushers. You're not known as being the best run stuffing team. So we don't want that to bleed into the season, right? We need, you know, Miami's defensive tackles, Leonard Taylor, who's got that all-world potential. Branson Dean, who we like a lot. Jared Harrison Hunt, we need these guys. Josh Horton. Uh, And by the way, when we were talking about all these true freshmen who uh, can have an impact this year. I'll throw Josh Horton's name into the hat as well. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about these guys. Damari Brown is another one. There's a bunch of true freshmen who are going to make an impact the first year. It's not just the fan four, uh, but apparently, according to Guidry, Saturday's practice, Miami didn't have their best day stopping the run. Uh, Now, for the offense, something that Shannon Dawson talked about, he was very honest about Miami's downfield passing still being a work in progress. I don't think this is any reason to panic, but again, for a team that basically couldn't or didn't throw the football down the field at all last year, (laughs) we would love to just be able to press this magic easy button and, you know, throw 40, 50, 60 yard bombs on everybody we play against this year. Uh, But it's, it's coming together, but it's a work in progress. He said uh, on Friday and Saturday, we made an emphasis to stretch the field a little bit. And those plays take time. Dawson said it's probably one of the harder things besides pass protection, which takes the most time against our defense, you know, given how good the line is. But the connection down the field of quarterback receiver timing takes time. We are not where we need to be with that. And got to make a distinction here. When we talk about the downfield passing being off again, I agree with what based on what I've seen out there in the practices I've been able to attend. I agree with Dawson that it's not really about, hey, these quarterbacks can't throw the ball or these wide receivers can't catch. It's just more about the timing being developed, right? That's something you work on tirelessly in practice because, yeah, last year, specifically the earlier part of last year, wide receiver drops were a huge problem with Miami. Now, you got a lot of new receivers and some of the guys who were here last year are no longer here, but wide receiver drops were a big problem last year. That's something that Dawson was asked about. Are drops, are they an issue so far? He said uh, the amount of drops so far, not out of proportion with what you would expect during fall camp. Like he was very matter of fact about it. Like, yeah, of course, we're going to have some drops out there, but it's nothing unusual. Like it's not an unusually high amount of drops or anything like that, that you have some drops, but that's not the reason. Any disconnect right now you have in the downfield passing game It's about the quarterback receiver timing. It's not about drops or about the quarterbacks not being good or anything like that. It's just about putting those things all together. Okay, here's an important note about fall camp. And I want want everyone to try and live by this for the next few weeks, okay? Be careful believing and spreading every rumor you see about things that are happening on fall camp, okay? Because let me kind of explain how this process works. When media members, and I'd, I'd like to think that all the media members who cover Miami are, we're pretty good at what we do and we're pretty professional, all of us. 
Um, you know, we only usually get to watch about the first 45 minutes of a practice. And there's a lot that happens out there that we're not even there to bear witness to if it happens towards the later stages. And sometimes you get second, third hand information from somebody who may have been there and saw something, but they were a media, not a media member, just a fan who happened to be walking by who thought they saw something. So there was a rumor late in the week, a bunch of Canes fans were freaking out about it. Uh, claiming that, you know, something happened to Tyler Harrell, that Tyler Harrell got hurt, okay? Um, now, on our episodes on Friday and Saturday, I went out of my way not to even talk about this on those episodes because I wanted to get more information before I started talking about a potential rumored injury. And then guess what? He's not hurt. <laughs> Apparently, there's nothing wrong there. But, you know, sometimes in practice, a guy is going to, going to limp a little bit so you're going to think you see something so Tyler Harrell not hurt now again Saturday's practice was not open but one of the first questions that Shannon Dawson the offensive coordinator was asked was about Tyler Harrell did he participate in practice and Shannon Dawson said he practiced in full and he's fine and listen I'm relieved to hear that more than anything else because Tyler Harrell Miami's speedy, speedy wide receiver who just transferred in from Alabama. This young man can become one of the most important players on this offense because of his 4-2-4 speed. He can take the top off the opposing defense. Even if you're not connecting on every deep ball to him, he's making the defense honest, right? To have a guy like that to stretch the field. You know, I, I know he had uh, an injury history last year. He lost most of his season at Bama due to injury. But Harrell, you know, he came in fine. He's still fine. I think he's going to play a major, major role on Miami's offense this year. Uh, you know who else is doing pretty well at receiver? I got to give this man props because not enough people do. Not enough people say nice things about Frank Ladson. But, folks, every time I've been out there, I see good movement and some good catches by number eight, Ladson. And I'm really rooting for him to have a bounce-back season because I know last year was a tough year for him. It was a tough year for the entire offense, but it was really tough for Frank Ladson after he uh, transferred in uh, from, uh, from Clemson last year. All right, several of you uh, have been asking questions about Miami's freshman linebackers. I want to talk about that when we come back. Also have a question about recruiting with Colin Simmons, who's going to be announcing in three days. Got a question about the Brown brothers, uh, Devante and Damari. Got a question on uh, ooh, Cyrus Moss and some other edge rushers. And we got a question about conference realignment. So, man, the block is still hot here on Locked on Canes. Keep it locked on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So for the everydayers, be ready tomorrow. The Hurricanes are back in practice tomorrow on Green Tree. So that means tomorrow's episode, Tuesday's episode, probably going to hit you in the early afternoon with all of my practice observations. Any breakdowns of the players who speak after practice don't know who they are just yet, but usually Miami makes four players available after every fall practice, so we'll have some of that for you. So it's going to be a loaded week, my friends. It's going to be a really, really loaded week here on Locked on Canes. All right, let's answer some more questions from our subtext chat. Actually, a lot of you, I don't want to put this on one person because we get a lot of these. You've been asking about you know, how Miami's true freshman linebackers are doing. 
Um, now, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I said I don't have a great answer on how they're doing because pads aren't on yet, and the linebacker drills I've been able to watch have been you know pretty limited stuff. All that I could say is Malik Bryant, Popo Aguirre, Marcellus Pulliam, Bobby Washington, they all look physically mature. And you see the size of Miami's linebacker room, and that includes uh, Maui Noah, Kiko, who transferred in because he's a big fella as well. The size of the linebacker room, it's starting to look more like the power five size that you want because Miami's had a lot of undersized linebacker rooms in recent years. Uh, But as far as how they're actually doing, uh, I will default to Lance Guidry on this because Lance Guidry was asked about the freshman linebackers and how they're adjusting, and he gave a pretty honest assessment on that. He said... It is a lot for them. Each play and every day is a different thing for them because they are trying to learn what we are doing. They're also trying to adjust to college football and understand what the offense is doing. It is tough for freshmen, linebackers, and safeties to play because you have to make the calls and checks, he says, and you better be right. It takes them time. Uh, We don't know about them quite yet. So that's a great assessment there. Now, staying with the linebackers, since I already gave Frank Ladson some props, let me give some props to Corey Flagg, right? Because uh, Gidry even said from spring to fall, Corey Flagg is probably the most improved player on the defense, he says. Now, I still I don't see Flagg beating out Kiko Maui-Noah because he has been consistently the top Mike linebacker on the team. But listen, if Gidry really thinks that Flagg is doing well and adapting his defense, I like to hear that. I like to hear that a lot. We get a question from Silos, two questions from Silos. Silos on the subtext chat. And again, if you want to join our exclusive subtext SMS texting service, I include a link in the show description below. Try it free for 14 days. And then if you want to opt in after that, $4.99 a month, we give you a lot of added value on there. Silos says, hey, is the iron really hot for Colin Simmons to Miami? How much impact do you think his mom will have on his recruitment? I remember how she glowed about Miami in an interview. Yeah, Colin Simmons, five-star edge rusher. He's announcing on the 10th, so that's, what, three days away? It's already the 7th? Jeez, time flies. So Simmons is announcing in three days. LSU and, you know, their uh, defensive line coach recently stepping down kind of makes you wonder if that could change the LSU dynamic at all because they've been considered the favorites for a long way. Texas, also very much in it. And Miami, that's his top three. Those are the three hats that are going to be on the table for Colin Simmons. Um, You know, again, I'm going to default on this one. I'm going to default to D-Money of Kane Sport because he did write in the bank late last week that he's hearing things are pretty hot for Simmons and that Miami is very much in the mix there and do not sleep on Miami and his recruitment. And to what you were saying, Silos, uh, we're going to have to hope that his mom has a lot of influence. It's different for every player. For some players, you got to have your mom, dad, grandma, whoever sign off, right? Other players, the parents take a little bit more of a of a laissez-faire type of attitude. But we know Colin Simmons' mom, she was interviewed a few weeks ago. She said Jason Taylor is the top choice of coach. She wants coaching her son. So uh, if that makes Miami more of a factor, so be it. Uh, another question we get from Silos. I heard the Brown brothers, Jaden Davis at uh, at Star, and then the kid from Vandy, that's Jadeus Richard, are all standing out in camp. What do you think about those four being your top corners so far? Uh, there's an argument to be made there uh, with Jaden Davis. I think Jaden Davis is going to probably have the star position locked down. Um, 
you know, uh, Richard from Vanderbilt, the transfer, he was the first day was the most impressive player I saw on the field. And he's been really, really good. Uh, Devonte Brown, the older Brown brother, I expect to start Damari Brown earned starters reps on the second day of practice. Uh, so an argument can be made for all four of those guys. You know, Damari Brown, he's got the disadvantage of being a true freshman. His head's probably spinning a little bit. I don't sleep on Daryl Porter. You know, Daryl Porter had a really nice spring. I don't completely sleep on him either. So I, I'd probably throw his name in the mix as well. But yeah, the four of those players you mentioned are all doing really, really well. And, you know, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw Damari Brown getting some burn with the ones on, I think it was Wednesday's practice, the second day of practice. That was a cool thing to see. Get a question from Dat Dude 239 who says, uh, what's the latest buzz on some returning players and their playing status like Cyrus Moss, Corey Flagg, Jafari Harvey, to Corey Couch, Frank Ladson? We've already covered some of these. Uh, we talked about Ladson. We talked about Flagg on Cyrus Moss. We asked Jason Taylor about him at Media Day. And JT at that time basically said, I'm not so sure because I don't think Taylor had seen him in a while because, you know, coaches and players aren't really, you know, they're not really supposed to mingle like during the off season. Now, first four days of five days of fall camp, they've been together again. But, you know, a week ago, JT didn't really know how much weight Cyrus has put on. We know Cyrus Moss is he's gifted. He's incredibly talented. He's just got to get a little bit heavier. Um, you know, uh, defensive line is not the easiest position to watch during the media period. So I haven't necessarily seen him stand out, but I'm definitely rooting for Cyrus Moss this year. You know, uh, Jafari Harvey, I think he's doing fine. I think he's one of the leaders of this team. He's going to be on the field a lot. And to Corey Couch, uh, it seems like to Corey Couch may he's either going to be in probably both. Um, like the backup star probably behind Jaden Davis, and he'll get some work on the boundary as well because he has gotten some work in practice playing on the boundary. So he's doing fine. And, you know, with DeCorey Couch, I noticed this back to spring, from spring to now, he's definitely gotten bigger in terms of more muscular, a little, uh, little bit better size, can probably bring people to the ground a little bit better. So he's been transforming his body. Get a question from, I don't know if this is pronounced Delane or Delaney. So. I apologize because I said it two ways. One of them has to be wrong. Uh, who asked, Dono, I'm sure you're getting hit with a lot of realignment questions. I've seen Miami uh, being a good match for the Big Ten. But the question is, is it worth the fight to make a move in the next two years? Let me know what you think. Um, okay. So if you don't fight to get out the way Florida State is fighting. And so far, they're not winning, right? They're just making a lot of noise. We'll see how it plays out. But I guess the the advantage to fighting would be, you know, you get to you get to be on, you know, the cutting edge of it, and then you're not just going to have to, like, wait to see where the dominoes fall and, oh, where's the dust? Where, where can I go now? That would be the advantage to fighting. The advantage to fighting would be, you know, maybe the Big Ten decides they've got one spot open for you and they don't have a spot open for Miami or for somebody else and you can grab that. That way you control your destiny. Uh, that would be the advantage. Uh, I guess the advantage to waiting around would be, you know, you would not have to pay as much of a buyout, right? Maybe maybe if you wait till the ACC dies, you can get out for nothing instead of having to pay, you know, over $100 million the way that FSU would. But uh I'm always, when it comes to college athletics, conference realignment, I prefer the idea of being proactive versus being reactive, okay? So I think the idea 
of, you know, wanting to actually maybe pick the conference you go to and being a little bit more aggressive about it versus kind of waiting and have to say, okay, now the ACC is dead, but does the Big Ten, do they have any spots left? The SEC, they have any spots? Is the Big 12, are they going to take us? We don't know. I think there are advantages to being proactive, but my hope and my expectation would be one way or another, it's going to work out. Because even though Miami is not as loud about this as Florida State, who makes a lot of noise, are, doesn't mean Miami's not exploring all their avenues behind the scenes. Believe me, Dan Radakovich, I'm sure, spends a lot of time keeping up with conference realignment. I'm sure Miami's got lawyers who are keeping their eyes and trying to find loopholes and how to get out of that ACC grant of rights. So one way or another, my hope would be it does work out. I want to thank everyone so much for taking time out of your day to make Locked on Canes your first listen. If you'd like to show us some support, make sure you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google. Hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star review if you have time to do so. And if you watch the video version, you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Hit that like button. Subscribe to our channel. And we will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.